Can you free yourself from the past, particularly if your past was filled with unhappiness? Can you find the good times you remembered? Can you shake loose the pain or reclaim your legacy? These are some of the themes explored by playwright Charles Smith in the reclamation of Madison Hemings on stage at the American Blues Theater, directed by Chuck Smith. This is Reno Lovison, executive producer at ChicagoBroadcastingNetwork.com and theater reviewer for ChicagoTheaterAndArts.com, where you can read rather than listen to this theater review, as well as others. Shortly after the end of the Civil War, two former slaves ruminate on their experiences living and working within Monticello, the estate of former President Thomas Jefferson. Israel Gillette Jefferson, played by Manny Buckley, arriving at Monticello as a boy, was originally assigned to making nails in the nailry with his brother Moses. After a time, he was moved into the house as a fetcher, fetching this and that for whatever the master needs, eventually rising to the position of footman at the time of Jefferson's death. Madison Hemings, played by John Hudson Odom, lived a life of comparative privilege by slavery standards, serving within the house together with his siblings, all of whom were the product of the union between the former President of the United States and his slave concubine, Sally Hemings. You've had family with you all your life, Madison. You and Mary were blessed with nine children, all of whom you got to see grow up and start families of their own. I was blessed with four, but I never got to see any of them grow up. They all got sold off before I got to see them grow up. Only God knows where they are today. You got to be there for the winner of your mother's life. You got to be there to hold her hand and give her comfort. You got to be there when she was laid to rest. It wasn't quite the moment of glory you're making it out to be. Ecclesiastes say, for everything there is a season. A time to be born and a time to die. You got to be there when your mother was laid to rest. You and your brother Eston, you've never been apart. I had nine brothers and sisters, and I don't know where any of them are, except for Moses. Moses is the only hope I got left. Family isn't everything. Family is the only thing. Brothers Israel and Moses were auctioned off after the death of Jefferson and vowed to meet at Monticello on the anniversary of their purchase date, if ever they were freed. Madison was freed as part of a stipulation in Jefferson's will. After emancipation, Madison and Jefferson found themselves as neighbors settled in Pike County, Ohio. Madison has now agreed to accompany Israel from their current lives in Ohio back to Monticello to reclaim a bit of their past. In doing so, they find themselves reunited in spirit with family and friends who lived and died alongside them in bondage, and provided what little love and support they were able to find in a cruel and oppressive system. The banter between the two centered around a campfire is reminiscent of Samuel Beckett's Waiting for Godot. As the two men seemingly suspended in time conjecture and bicker about whether Moses has come and gone, whether he's delayed, or whether he'll come at all. The playwright's dialogue in this well-produced production gives voice to a traditionally unheard side of American history. It's peppered with humor that establishes an obvious underlying bond between the two men, 
who do not always share the same point of view regarding the effects of the war, their new station in life, their view of the man who controlled them, nor how much longer they should linger. Credit to director Chuck Smith, who no doubt contributed to the natural cadence and rhythm that comes to life from the mouths of Odom and Buckley. Their conversations enlighten us as to the particular realities of the Monticello household, including the obvious hypocrisy of the person who penned, all men are created equal, into the Constitution of the United States. This is all done without preaching or lecturing. There is a matter of a reference to a blind white mule often heard braying off stage. I'm going to go out on a limb and suggest that this device represents echoes of slavery. Though out of sight, starving, and debilitated, it's not easily silenced and not yet dead. In regard to stagecraft, the scenic design and props by Jonathan Berg Einhorn were suitably evocative with the presence of a large buckboard wagon offering an imposing sense of time and place. The costumes of Lily Wallace demonstrated an appreciative attention to detail down to the bow-tied gatherings of Israel's Long Johns. I did, however, find the lighting by Jared Gooding and Rachel West to be flat. With the exception of an impending storm, the lighting did not add much to the atmospherics or mood. This was my first visit to the new home of the well-respected award-winning American Blues Theater, one block north of Brenmar on Lincoln Avenue. It was refreshing to see the theater's board of directors under the leadership of Executive Artistic Director Gwendolyn Whiteside elected to add a bit of style to the interior design rather than go with a simply bare-bones, get-away-as-cheap-as-we-can approach. The seats are comfortable and relatively spacious in terms of legroom. The proscenium stage proportionally seems unusually wide compared to its depth, especially as the theater seating area is also more wide than deep. Though not technically a thrust, the generous apron provides a gentle curve that adds an even greater sense of intimacy for the 137-seat audience. The spacious contemporary look of the lobby and theater sporting wood paneling with metal detailing belies the building's humble history as a former Walgreens and most recently a Dollar General. I live only about three blocks away, and I'm happy to have ABT as a new neighbor. My companion and I met prior to the performance at Bellamy Lounge on Maplewood and Lincoln, two short blocks away, for a pre-theater dinner. This moderately priced neighborhood cafe and cocktail lounge has a simple but diverse pork-free, chicken-forward menu that features a Romanian-inspired mixed grill with lamb and beef, as well as sandwiches and a few dinner entrees. I enjoyed the yummy mushroom-laden chicken marsala with mashed potatoes. More casual dining can be found nearby at Hubs Next Door or Shawarma Inn across the street. By the way, the theater has a small parking lot and there's ample free street parking in every direction. The reclamation of Madison Hemmings is at the American Blues Theater, 5627 North Lincoln Avenue, Chicago, through March 24, 2024. Running time is a little more than 90 minutes with a short intermission. For tickets and information, visit AmericanBluesTheater.com or call 773-654-3103. Please be sure to like us and subscribe to Chicago Broadcasting Network at our website or wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts. ChicagoBroadcastingNetwork.com is an eclectic Chicago lifestyle media-driven blog curated by me, executive producer Reno Lovison, showcasing multicultural and age-diverse people, art, music, theater, and events. 
We strive to give a voice and added exposure to those who are not always in a position to get the attention of larger media outlets, perhaps because they're emerging personalities or because their message is directed to a niche audience. As always, if you need audio or video production assistance for your business or organization, check out renoweb.net. I'll end this podcast with a fiddle version of a quadrille downloaded from the Library of Congress. This tune, based on a popular dance form of the 1790s, could have been played, or at least heard, by Thomas Jefferson, and might have continued to be played into the middle of the 19th century by his sons Madison and Easton, who also played fiddle as well.